I think this happens to a lot of creatives and entrepreneurial women is we get into our businesses or whatever field we choose because we truly love it. But because we don't know how to work mindfully and kindly and compassionately, we end up starting to hate the thing. But it's not the thing that's making us unhappy, it's the way we're doing it. You're listening to Chats with Kat, where I catch up with my fellow millennials every week to share their journey of self-actualization, overcoming fear, and paving the way for a soul's purpose to shine through. Let's start that right here, right now. Hey, y'all. Welcome back to another episode of Chats with Kat. I hope you are all doing amazing. I really, really do. I am in a really good mood. I'm having a great day and I am actually, I haven't said this out loud or publicly yet, but I think it's safe to announce it. I am flying out to Chicago tomorrow to speak on my very first panel ever. Like, what? I can't believe this is happening. But yeah, I'm speaking on a panel to give my input on what it means to be a Latinx creative in America. And um, more details will come out once the panel's actually out, but this is something that I have been very excited about for a few months already and can't believe it's actually happening. Imposter syndrome is real, so of course it's coming through like, you know, am I going to have enough to say? Is this the right thing? Did they choose the right person? But, you know... That's just me getting in my own way and I've come to accept the fact that this was aligned for me. So I'm very excited about that. (laughs) So I want to pivot over to giving a shout out and showing some love to Joyce G who left a review on the Apple podcast app saying one of my favorite podcasts to listen to. Not only is every topic that Kat covers relatable, her approach always leaves me inspired slash curious to how we can make more positive change in our society. Joyce, thank you so much for leaving a review. I truly appreciate it. Thank you for listening. And I actually think I know exactly who you are. If I'm not mistaken, you're listening from Australia, which is really, really crazy and amazing. So thank you. Thank you for tuning in. And I have so much love and appreciation for you. For the rest of you, if you haven't yet, go ahead and leave a review on the Apple Podcast app for a chance to be featured on next week's show. I want to just jump into today's guest because she is absolutely amazing and I know that you all are going to have a lot of takeaways from this episode. So today's guest is founder of Wholehearted Coaching and co-founder of Brown Girl Brunch, Sharin Escondani. Sharin is a classically trained opera singer who, after many years of hard work, landed her dream contract at the Metropolitan Opera. It was after landing her dream job that she realized that it wasn't everything that she imagined and there was more that she wanted to give out to the world. Over time, she pivoted and became a life coach, specifically working with women who have big dreams and big hearts. She assists women by working through their fear and doubt so that they can live their lives with more purpose, passion, and joy. Her work is rooted in finding what drives her clients and what makes them passionate about life. She's been featured in the Today Show and Cosmopolitan Magazine because her work is absolutely amazing. And as you'll hear, she has really, really good energy. I mean, honestly, if you could work with her, do it. I'm telling you, I'm going to try to find a way to work with her because I need more of her in my life. (laughs) She's also the co-founder of Brown Girl Brunch, which is a brunch held at Shell's Loft here in New York City, where she brings the women of color together to enjoy time together, build community over some delicious food. This is a gem of an episode, so as always, please share it with somebody you think could really benefit from the knowledge shared. And without further ado, here's my chat with Sharin. Hi, Sharin. Hi. Thank you for finally being on the show. <laughs> oh my God, we had the universe trying to keep us apart. It I know, was the we weirdest did. thing. We did, we did. This has like been in the works for a little bit already. Yes, yes. And this is the earliest interview I've ever done, but I have to say, this is actually a really good way to start off the day. Oh my God, it really is, right? Yes. yes. Especially yes. with your energy. 
Oh, thank you, love. I'm just, I'm so grateful to be here. So grateful. Um, so we have a lot to talk about. You are up to a lot of things yes. and you have done a lot of things in the past and have transitioned and pivoted and like done all the things. And now you're helping women in a beautiful and unique way. So before we get into all of that, I want to talk a bit about you. So where were you born and where did you grow up? So I was born in Iran. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I was born in Iran. And then when I was four, my family immigrated to Canada, to Vancouver. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was because of a lot of reasons. But at the time in Iran, there was like a war, revolution. Yeah. And so my parents really wanted my sister and I to have kind of freedom of education and freedom to do whatever we wanted. Like Iran is a wonderful, beautiful country. I visit it. It's, it's amazing. But also... I wouldn't have been able to do all of the amazing things that I'm doing now had we had we stayed there. Yeah. So we went there when I was pretty young and I grew up um, in Vancouver. And what was, well, I mean, for you, like, that's where you grew up, so it's, like, all you knew. But for your parents, how do you think that they were able to, like, situate themselves also preserving their culture and also passing down the culture to you all, your, your Iranian, you know, heritage and your culture? Yeah, for me, like, I always say I'm Iranian. Like, when I, like, I'm, like, I grew up in Canada, I'm Iranian. Like, uh-huh. that's really important to me. My mom really kept that alive in us. Like, we had to speak Farsi in the house. She she's taught it to us. And at the time, I remember, like, like any immigrant kid, I was like, oh, why do I have to? I just yeah. want to speak English. <laughs> Um, but I'm so grateful for that now. Yeah. Um, but it was it was really interesting because when we moved to Vancouver, my parents moved to a neighborhood that didn't have a lot of Iranians. Okay. And there there is a very big Iranian population in Vancouver. Mm-hmm. Um, but they decided they wanted us, us to kind of um, experience, you know, Canada for what it was as well. So mm-hmm. we could we could drive over to her auntie's place, but we could also you know be in that Canadian setting. Um, so that was really interesting in that like I mean that was a it wasn't, you know, when you grow up and you're like, oh, I was being othered, you uh, know, like at the yeah. time you don't realize it because I was literally the only non-white kid, mm. you know, in especially my elementary school. There was a lot of there's a big Asian population there. But mm. um, when it came to like someone who wasn't Asian or white, like it was pretty much me. Mm. So that was a really interesting experience that like it only hit me later on, like why I felt so um, uncomfortable or why certain situations just felt really disconnected for me. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Did did that in any way impact the reason or your decision to come to New York, wanting so, to be in a diverse city? Yeah, so it's really interesting. So I, I mean, Vancouver is an amazing, beautiful city. I did my undergrad there. And then for my master's, I'd applied to a bunch of schools. And it's really funny because I was so naive then. I was like, I talked to like, I. so my background is I'm an opera singer. Yes. So I literally applied to like the naivete of youth. I applied to like the top five music schools. I'm like, I'm going to get into these. And mm-hmm. like, I'm going to get into like three of the ones that I thought like for sure I'm going to get into. Mm-hmm. Not at all. Um, but I got into a school in Manhattan and one in Indiana. And I had never actually thought of moving to New York. Like, okay. again, like I really didn't realize how much I needed diversity. Mm-hmm. Do you know, like when mm-hmm. you, you just don't know it's a thing. Mm-hmm. It's like you've never tasted something before. And then when you taste it, you want it all the time. Yeah. It's like I never, never tasted that kind of diversity. And um, for a lot of reasons, I picked New York and I got here and it was like, it, my mind was blown. I've never felt belonging in that way before. Like mm. I, and I moved up, my neighborhood was in Harlem and just seeing the diversity of people and thoughts and just everything, it was amazing. Like I just, I felt like I, I, I belonged somewhere, yeah. you know? So that was incredible. Yeah. Wow. That is absolutely amazing. I can only imagine. I grew up only in cities, like in big cities. So like I, in some ways did feel othered in the context of like the diversity within the latinx community right, and right. the way that i look yes but i mean i always grew up with people speaking spanish and that kind of thing so i can only imagine that for you like coming right. from vancouver to new york where there's like every single kind of person yes. every single kind of food every language everything yes that it must have been just like a lot to take in but also yeah. like a really eye-opening and beautiful um, exposure to like the possibilities and yeah and it was the first time and this is gonna sound really sad but it was the first time I really felt beautiful yeah really? it was the first time I felt beautiful because you know I'm my type of beauty 
was just not deemed as beautiful where I grew up. Yeah. You know? And so I came here and all of a sudden, like, people would just tell me I'm beautiful. Like, not just creepy men. Yeah. But, like, people, you know, <laughs> they don't count. That's they not, don't count. That's not what we Not want. the guy on the corner. No. Um, but it was the first time I felt really beautiful because, yeah. like, I could see myself reflected all around me. And I was like, whoa, she's beautiful. Whoa, she's beautiful. So, oh, I'm beautiful, too. Yeah. So that was also just really, like, it was, like, really a coming of age in my, like, early 20s. Yeah. Wow, that's amazing. Especially yeah. to come in your 20s. Yeah. So... Tell me more about the school that you got into and what you, I mean, you're obviously trained to be an opera singer, but like, I guess this is a two part question. When did you decide? Actually, yeah, two part question. <laughs> and let's do this first one because it's going to be a lot, I'm sure. When did you decide that you wanted to be an opera singer? Okay, so I come from a super musical family. So mm. my grandmother and my great grandma were really famous singers in Iran. Wow. Yeah. So when I started singing as a little girl, like my family was just like, yes, like you, you do that. And they struck a really beautiful balance of supporting me and, but not pushing me. And so I just got very lucky. Like now I believe, I very much believe in the universe. The right people came to me. I found the right mentors and I just, I loved singing. Like when I was on stage, it just felt so freeing and I felt connected. And so when I was, when I was in high school, I was just like, I want to go into music. And I didn't really know exactly at the time I really wanted to do jazz, but the school I went to had this great opera program and I was like, let's, let's do it. And I, I really, I loved, I loved it. It was, yeah, it's, I love singing. So I was really lucky in that like my family did not have any resistance towards it. And I thought that was like, I'm like, everyone's family think this is a great idea. And then I went to college and I was like, Oh wait, like, most people's families are not on board with this, but mine was just like, yeah, you want to be an opera singer? Go be an opera singer. That makes sense. Wow. And then yeah. you were, I mean, when you needed help, like you had like your mom who was able to help you with training itself. Right? Well, so it was my grandma. It was my my dad's side. and But my grandma, my great grandma sang um, classical Iranian music, okay. which is different. Um, but at the same time, like whenever, like things with like, you know, stage fright or like memorization okay. or like, like my grandma would have, she was a storyteller. So like she would just mm. tell me these stories of like her being on stage and messing up or doing amazingly. And it was just, it was really inspiring because I, I already had a vision of what that looks like and yeah. it was my grandma. Yeah. So I could always root and tap myself into that. And that was really powerful. Wow. And so wh- what school did you actually end up going to New York and how did you transition from like having was your grandmother in, I'm sure, in, in Canada? No, she was in Iran. She yeah. was in Iran. She was in Iran, yeah. So was she, how were how was she helping you, like, in terms of when you were living in Canada? And so, I mean, we would talk pretty often, okay. and I would I, we, we'd go back and visit every two or three years. So, okay. like, I'm very connected with my family. My grandmother's passed since, but very connected with that, like, side of, of my family. Okay. Um, so, so, yeah, that was the connection. Got it. Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, so you come to New York by yourself. Yes. You have no family here. None. Okay. And you you're, you moved to New York for school. Yeah. What the hell was that like? New York is so competitive, yeah. especially in the art world and the in, in terms of performance. Like, I I don't even know. I, I don't know if I could do it. It takes a lot of courage <laughs> to move here, but then also to put yourself through a program like that. It's so vigorous and like, there's a lot. So like, what was that experience like? It was... Again, like I'm, um, I think that like naivety of like not knowing what I was getting myself into mm-hmm. helped a lot. Um, and then what really helped is that the I, I ended up living in this dorm situation that was for international students. It's mm. called International House, anyway. But now again, looking back at the universe, that was a godsend because it, it was um, the people who lived there weren't all musicians. So I was surrounded by people who were in New York, young people who were like going to Columbia or they were going to like NYU or Tisch or something like that. Mm-hmm. So so having a community that wasn't just focused on that competitive side of music mm. was really important. So I could kind of get myself out of that sphere of like competitiveness. Um, and then when I was in school, like it was just... It was it was it was it was tough. It was tough, and like there was a lot of crisis crises of identity where I was just yeah. like, "Is this what I'm supposed to be doing?" Because it was when I was in Canada, it was like I was getting jobs easily. Mm. I was like, you know, I was really highlighted at my school. I was very fortunate, and then I went to the school where it was like everyone was someone like me at their old school, 
you know, so it was it was very um, difficult because that ease that I had before, like, and this is something I still struggle with is I equate ease with like, this is what you're supposed to be doing. Mm-hmm. And um, when it wasn't easy anymore, I was like, well, maybe this isn't what I'm supposed to be doing. Mm-hmm. And so so that was it was a very, very tough but there was a lot of growth during that time that's really interesting what you just said because i think that's what most people do like oh if it's easy this is what i'm supposed to be doing how did you flip it in your mind i mean maybe not in school but like in through time that you're just like actually just because it's easy doesn't mean it's what i should be doing as a matter of fact i probably shouldn't be doing this (laughs) like when did you make that flip (laughs) it's you know it's it's really i mean i don't even know i'm like making the flip like as we go yeah um I've learned a lot of things from the experience of just being a singer and something that came easily to me. One thing that I have learned is oh, if just because you're good at something doesn't mean you should do it. Mm-hmm. The second thing is, is that um, ease does not equate like you ha- you having the right to be in that arena Mm. right like some people are just really naturally smart like I remember I just went to I went to a gifted high school I went to like so people are just naturally smart and I was like oh well they should be doing this and it's like no sometimes you actually have to work for those things and I hate that quote that's like what is it like if you choose your passion you'll never work a day in your life yeah no actually you're gonna be working really hard but if you're choosing your passion that like vitality and that energy yeah is going to invigorate your work, right? Mm-hmm. And I think at that time in my life, I just thought, like, you know, I'm, I'm talented. Like, this is just supposed to work out. And it's like, I didn't realize, oh, you have to put some work in there, too. Mm-hmm. And the work isn't just what you're doing outside, but it's, like, internal. And that's the work I wasn't doing was, like, the inside stuff. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's really interesting. I have to think about that. <laughs> I have to think about that because it's like, you know, I think often people kind of just say well if like it's a blessing that i found something that's easy for me right that means that this is what i have to do like i don't have to work very hard i don't have to inconvenience myself right i can make a living just doing this or whatever but for you to be like i i actually i'm opting out of this and i'm going to challenge myself in another way requires a completely different um level of thinking and you have to be tuned into something very particular yeah in order to choose to make life a little bit more difficult for yourself but it just means so much more when you do do that yeah exactly and like I knew I knew I wanted to be a singer like I just knew that so I was like okay this isn't gonna be easy so I know I want to do it so Mm -hmm. like I'm gonna figure it out Mm -hmm. and and now in hindsight I realized I could have made it so much easier on myself had I been kinder to myself, mm. you know, like, and, and I, we can talk about this later, but I really bought into that myth of the hustle and like, but hustle to me meant like being unkind to yourself, motivating yourself from a place of like, you have to be better, like perfectionism, mm. that, that work has to be hard. Um, and so I made it more difficult because I already chose a profession that's hard. Like I think yeah. all professions are very difficult, but in the arts, it's so competitive and you're constantly being scrutinized and there's a lot of insecurity involved, right? Cause you're always relying on someone else to tell you how your art is. Yeah. Right. And especially with a voice, which is a weird thing because you know, when you hear your voice on the answering machine and you're like, that's not my voice. Yeah. Like, that's times 10 with singing. Like, you're like, that must have been a beautiful phrase that I sang. And then you listen to it and you're like, what the hell was that? Like, mm-hmm. you know, so you actually do need outside feedback. Yeah. Um, but I was just like really relying on other people to tell me how good I was. Yeah. You know, and it's like when when I realized many years later that I was like, oh, I get to choose yeah. what that means and what that looks like. Mm-hmm. That's Oof. when things shifted. Yes. Oof. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Wow. That must have been a turning point for you yeah internally. okay yeah. so I want to hear about that <laughs> but so let's fast forward a little bit so you moved to New York you end up getting your dream job or you landing yeah you land a you know a contract with the Metropolitan Opera yeah and you know you got it but something was off yeah so I was very lucky after grad school I got work I got lots of work um and I was really living the dream of making my income full-time as a singer pretty much mm-hmm and um, I was working really hard and things did not happen the way I thought they were going to. Like they happened probably like 10 years later than I thought. Mm-hmm. But um, a couple years ago, I got um, my dream job, which was like my dream from when I was a kid was to sing at the Metropolitan Opera. Like I got my first contract to sing my dream role, my dream opera. 
And like after the initial like excitement and all that joy kind of went away, I got my contract. And like I remember looking at the contract and being like, there was no joy. I was like, it was just dread and fear. And it was like, I don't deserve this. Like I, Mm. right. Like I don't deserve this job. I'm not good enough for this. Like I'm going to show up to the first day and they're going to be like, we made a mistake. Like, why do we hire you? And it was a real turning point for me. I was like, whoa, this is your childhood dream come true. Mm -hmm. Like you're literally looking at it. You're about to sign it. And if you cannot feel excited and joyful and feel like, damn girl, you made it. All that hard work was worth it. Then you got to work on yourself because that's like, you know, we're all like, I realized I was waiting for the outside circumstances to change what was on the inside. Uh-huh. Right. Like, and then I looked at my life and I was like, all your outside circumstances are perfect. Like there's, it can't get more perfect than this. Yeah. Right. Um, so it's what's happening on the inside. That's really kind of affecting how you're feeling and how you're perceiving life and yourself. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So it was that moment. That was the moment where you knew like something had to change for yeah. you inside. Yeah. Yeah. So, so how did you then, take that leap of faith to figure it out to do something different so i had when i got my contract i had a year and a half until actual performances oh okay like rehearsals that's like the world of opera you're usually given at least a year wow i didn't know that. yeah okay yeah um so i i had that time to learn the music and i knew i could do that and but i was like i'm gonna fix what's on the inside because i was like i want to go on that stage and know that i'm living my dream and like enjoy it yeah and so i started doing a lot of like like mindfulness and mindset work like i started like reading up on buddhism and meditation and i did some like hypnosis and all this stuff and i started working with a coach and that's when things like really really shifted for me mm-hmm. um and i had a coach that I was i was very lucky that she kind of combined a lot of different modalities into it and it was just life altering in that um, I really realized that I get to choose how I see what's happening around me. Mm-hmm. Like the difference between what a circumstance is and how I perceive that circumstance. Right. Like like, you know, this morning, like my like the train was really packed. Like I had the, the commute was difficult or whatever. Mm-hmm. Like the commute was packed. Mm-hmm. Like that's the circumstance. Like it's rush hour. But how I perceive that and how I think of that and how I feel during that commute, that's all on me yeah right so that's a that's a lot of work yes <laughs> and i've been realizing that for up until then like i was i was using the circumstances to to make me feel good as opposed to me like no 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 no. i get to i get to choose this yeah i get to choose it like what happens to me okay it could be shitty but like i get to i get to this is my power mm-hmm. so it was like a lot of work um but i came out the other side and like i always say like my for me, my biggest success wasn't singing at the Met, but it was like singing at the Met and enjoying every moment of it. Even when I made a mistake, mm. like even when I messed up, I was like, I wasn't like before I would have been so hard on myself. Yeah. I would have fixated on the mistake. Yeah. I would have made that like a part of my story. Yeah. Like releasing stories was a huge part of that like year of transformation for me, which is like, mm. I get to choose the story of me. Mm. And am I going to, am I going to choose this one mistake to become like, Oh my God, you're such a hot mess. Like you can't even go out there and do the thing. And like, no, I was like, I made a mistake, but then I just kind of let it go. So it was, it was a lot of work, but like I, in the end, I got to enjoy that experience from like beginning to end, which was invaluable. Wow. That, yeah, I, that first of all, like that must've been just like a lot to take in in terms of prep for that one year so much rehearsal and all of that yeah. so it's like I can only imagine how much more stress would have been involved or like more anxiety about the whole thing or you know the leading up to it if aside from the rehearsal you you were like hating on how you were performing and right. how you're practicing outside of practice so it's like you would have like not really had your life yes. because it would have just been consumed with worry and then like actually physically practicing all the yes. time so that was that was the best decision you obviously yeah, could no, have ever was, made but it was it was it really was and I really hadn't realized that like that's literally how I was living up until then right and like something that I read today actually this morning was like there's a difference between excellence and perfectionism and like I was perfectionism is all about proving to other people you belong there. Mm-hmm. Right? Yeah. Whereas excellence is that this is my standard. I get to say what excellence is and I'm going to work towards that. Yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah. 
you're speaking to my soul right now <laughs> i feel like i may like be in a little bit of that state that you were in where i needed to figure out some things for myself yeah because you know what ends up happening is is what was happening was I was losing the love for something I really loved. Yeah. Do you know? And like, I think this happens to a lot of creatives and entrepreneurial women is we get into our businesses or whatever field we choose because we truly love it. Yeah. But because we don't know how to work mindfully and kindly and compassionately, we end up starting to hate the thing. But it's not the thing that's making us unhappy. It's the way we're doing it. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. So it's like, that's why my work right now is rooted in like, how are you doing life? Yeah. Do you know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. no, I don't want, I don't care what you're doing. I want to know how you're doing life. You yeah. know what I'm saying? Yeah. yeah. So uh, let's fast forward to what you're doing now. Cause like, that's, <laughs> I really want to get into that. So, okay. You, you, yes. you, you know, you do your opera, uh, you practice for a year, year yes. and a half yes. and it goes great. Yes. How long did you actually like do the opera? So or? with, with like something like the Met, it's like three, it's like three or four months. So you rehearse for like a month there and then it's about two months of performances. So it was okay. like two months of performances. And when I finished, um, I, I think I had enrolled in the, co- no, I was, I was doing, co- I was in my coaching program during that time as well. Beautiful. So yes. I was going to ask, yes. okay, so like at what point? During or after, did you decide, I'm actually going to become a coach? So it was, it was, I got the contract. I started working with a coach and, um, it was like soon after that, that I was like, I think I really want to be a coach. Like this really speaks to my soul. Hmm. Um, because you know, in the end I realized I was like, oh, coaching and singing for me are one and the same in that they help me connect with people and transform them. Like in a way that they're just like not really thinking. They're like, oh, I'm just going to go down this avenue and then this avenue. And then like, I feel so much better now, yeah. you know? And it's so, um, so yeah. So I got the contract and then I signed up for this uh, program to become a certified coach. And it was a year. And so while I was at the Met, I was going through all of that. And actually a lot of my fellow trainee coaches came to the shows. It was amazing wow. to have that. Yeah, it was That's really, amazing. really amazing. Um, and then, yeah. And then that finished and, and I, and I graduated like in the spring from, from the program. And then, so you, you know, you're, you're training to become a coach for a year. Yes. And that you graduate from that program. Yes. yes. And then you launch wholehearted coaching. Yeah. So right. it's like the trajectory is kind of crazy because I launched my business in June of 2017. Uh-huh. So like a little over a year ago. Okay. Right? Like, I don't know about it. It's 15 months, 16 months. Yeah. So like all of this happened very quickly. And I want to say like to remind people, like life can change very quickly. Mm-hmm. Like things just can happen. Mm-hmm. Um, so I launched it in June of 2017 and like it's been a cra- it's been amazing. Like mm-hmm. I just have this amazing thriving business. Um, in October of last year, literally one year ago today, October 5th, which is when we're recording. Wow. I appeared on the Today Show for the first time, which is crazy. Like, who says that? Wild. What? Wild. Yes. Was that a moment you were just like, is this really happening to me? It was so surreal. Like, it was, I wrote a, I wrote something about it because, like, for me, I felt so grounded in who I was, and it's because I think I'd done so much work where I was so focused on who do I want to be in this moment? I like, it, I think it was all that training from the Met, which is like, mm. you don't want to forget this moment. Yeah. You don't want this moment to be plagued with like, I should have done that. I should have said yes. this. Like, no, 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 no. So what do we have to do to make this moment like so amazing, so memorable for mm-hmm. you to like never forget it? So I really was, I mean, it was crazy. Like I was getting my makeup done and like Carson Daly's next to me. I'm like, what? What, what are you doing what here? Is life? What is life? <laughs> um, and it's crazy for anyone who's ever been on live TV, which I'm sure you're going to be very soon. <laughs> it's like you just, they're like, okay, so like it's as if you've done it a billion times and I've never done it. And they're like, okay, just stand there. This is what we're going to do. And then three, two, one, you're on. And you're like, what? <laughs> yes. So it was crazy. But like I look at that clip from the show and I was like, damn. Like, you know, when you're really in awe of yourself. Yeah. I was like. Damn, I did that. I did that and I did it well. Yes. So it was it was a really incredible experience, but definitely like after when I thought about it, I was like, what the hell did you just do? Yeah. That was amazing. So so that was incredible. But um once I threw myself into the business, it was like things have come to me. Um, I don't want to say easily, but they've just they've come to me, you know, mm-hmm. and I think something I'm very on top of, and you know, I slip in and out of it, right? Like we're all works in progress, of is creating the business with myself at the fore, like my own self-care 
and my own like self-preservation because I know I love this. I love the work I get to do. Mm-hmm. And I don't want it to become a situation with my singing where like I end up becoming so overwhelmed that I resent it. Are there any specific things that you do to preserve that? Like, yeah. What what are some things that you do that anybody in a situation that is currently doing something that they love but are trying to like, you know, create a boundary? Yeah could implement right now yes so for me one thing that really helps is being like in touch with my intuition like just really being in touch with my intuition has helped me so so much because that's the voice that's like girl you you should say no to that or you need to stop working right now Mm. or like this sounds like a really good opportunity even though it makes no sense Mm -hmm. you know my intuition um it's I think it was like there's a really great I love Bozeman St. John. Like she's such a, like, I love her. And she has this interview where she's like, yeah, my intuition never steers me wrong. If I walk into an interview and I don't feel your energy, I'm walking out. Cause I know at the end of the day that interview is going to come out. Things are going to be like, it's just not going to be good for me. Yeah. So I was like, wow, that's like just putting your own comfort over other people's discomfort. Yeah. Right. Which I'm still working on. Yeah. But like a hard one, (laughs) right. To just walk out of a room like that. It's like, yeah. Like, Oh, I don't know if I can do that. Yeah. but like intuition is like really, really important. Um, this And one thing that helps me with that is I have, a, I always do a morning routine. And like, I know like a lot of people are like, have your morning routine. Like it has to be structured. It has to be this way. But mm-hmm. for me, my morning routine is flexible. It's fluid. If I have five minutes, like this morning I had five minutes or if I have an hour, I'll like tune it to that. Um, but it includes at different times, more or less of whatever, but like a little bit of meditation, a little bit of reading, journaling, pulling cards if I want to listening to music moving my body like whatever that is yeah. like grounding myself in my own energy yeah which also means grounding myself in my values which is my, my personal values which is like I always want to feel joyful I want to feel creative I want to feel free so if I ground that in myself in the morning when I'm working I can be in touch with it more yeah do you know what I'm saying yeah it's like you've already woken it up in yourself yeah Mm. It's so those things have been really, really helpful to me and just really keeping the to-do list short. Uh, yeah, that's one thing. So I will give you like now these are because I'm like one of those people who's like a little bit of woo and a little bit of like, all right, let's get this. Let's, let's do shit. Yes. Perfect. Yes. I'm like, <laughs> I want to like infuse these crystals, but I also want to get shit done. Yes. You know? <laughs> yes. So that is me. So for me, like, okay, I done my crystals. Cool, cool, cool. But um, what I love to do is make my, I have this thing called 331. Mm-hmm. So I do, I make my list, which is like three work things. So three things in my work that I want to get done today, three personal things that I want to get done today, and one intention for the day. So the intention's like, that's kind of woo, where it's like curiosity, playful, joy, whatever, yeah, yeah. Um, or ease. Um, so I just do the 331, and anything else I say is just like, a cherry on top like if I get anything else done more than that that's great and I try to keep those things manageable and feasible because I think we all know what the manageable 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 and feasible things are yeah but we don't always choose them because we think we're supposed to be pushing ourselves right yeah but when you when you do it that way you really feel a sense of accomplishment you Mm -hmm. know like because there is always something more that needs to be done Mm -hmm. do you know what I'm saying like that is something that I'm working on and and I just know you're not like your to-do list will just keep growing you know and I'm I know the people who are listening and I know you're like this we are all hard-working people who want to create amazing things so that list is not going to get any shorter right it's just how we work with that list that is going to help us in the long like this what I'm talking about is resilience Right. Like if we want to be resilient, if we want if we want to be in our businesses and in the work that we're doing for the long run, Mm -hmm. we really need to take care of ourselves. And that really is like keeping the tasks smaller and and feeling that sense of accomplishment and awarding yourself. Like once you actually do something like really being like, damn, whether it's just saying, damn, I'm proud of you. That was amazing. It's having to do those things, reinforcing for yourself and being your number one protector that is so important. So those things. Oh, and then two other things, which I love, which yes. I just started doing, which is one is giving yourself less time to do things. Less time. Yeah. So like if I if, if I'm like, OK, like this blog post, I'm going to like in two hours. I'm going to do it in two hours. 
if I give myself a half hour, I do it in a half hour. If I give myself two hours, I do it in two hours. You know what I'm saying? Like when we give ourselves that extended time, which is like, okay, I'm going to give myself a week to, it's like, no, if I gave you two days, you get it done in two days, Mm -hmm. right? It may not be like, I'm a procrastination perfecter, which is like, I procrastinate. And then I'm like, well, I only have two hours to do it. So this is as good as it's going to get. Cause I'm like so fixated on perfection, right? (laughs) Oh my God. Yes. So that is me. So like, I know that about me. So now I'm just like, okay, you have a half hour. Let's get that Instagram post done. Yeah. And combined with that, it's like, give yourself less time to do things and be okay with B plus work. Ooh. (gasps) Yes. That's hard. Yes. (laughs) That has been, these two have been such game changers for me, which is like B plus work because what we're doing is we want to give like thing like value to people yeah right and our value between b plus and a plus is not going to be that different Uh but if it means we're going to get more stuff out into the world that more people can grow from that more people can benefit from then b plus is just fine with me that's so true do you know what i'm saying yeah because you know sometimes i think that we in in trying to attain that a plus yes we we like not even procrastinate but it's like we like kind of like it just doesn't come out of us and it's like we're not putting out you know, information or advice or whatever our art is that somebody probably needed in that time that we didn't put it out because we were just obsessing over things that don't really matter. Yes. Which is, which is so, I mean, when you think about it, it's not what you're intending to do, but it's, it's kind of selfish. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? And it's like, I'm sure you've seen this with your work. The things that you thought were going to resonate with people didn't. And then mm-hmm. you do one thing and you're like, whoa, everyone is like vibing off of this. Yeah. And you look at how much energy you put into the tune. It's like the one that everybody's vibing on yes. just flowed and yes. I didn't even have to do much. And then the thing that I was like yes. really trying to like curate, yes. were just like, mm, that's, that feels a little like, that feels yes. like it didn't come out of you naturally. It seems like you touched it exactly. a, few, a few too many times. Right. Yeah. Right. So it's like you just, you just, you have to let it flow more give yourself less time, be okay with B plus work. Those things have just really helped me when, in the productivity arena, uh-huh. really just doing the thing. And that three, three, one where it's like, okay, three, three cool. Did those things. Oh, I have some time for this. Okay, let's do it. How do you not, I guess, I mean, this is just my own personal, I guess, projection because I'm currently dealing with all of these things, but I, I don't, I can't associate a short to do list with, being productive right it's just like it doesn't it just doesn't sit with me like three things is just like wow you'd wasted your day right so then i just add things the more i cross things out the more i add it's yeah. like nope That's- like if i see the whole page with the lines cross i'm like yes girl yes but then i go to sleep and i'm like oh i want to cry i'm so tired i didn't talk to anybody today which is obviously not a good balance right so it's like how do we start to frame it like that and and you know obviously society also imposes like you know task lists like the longer the better that means you're productive that means you're hustling you know like and i want to talk to you about that too because it's like at what point do we decide like okay this is okay like don't burn yourself out protect yourself yeah i mean it's just saying that to yourself it's like it's trust it's trust it's a new way of being and thinking so that requires trust right Mm -hmm. it requires you to try it out like literally i remember when i really started listening to my intuition and being like okay let's work from an intuitive place doing less like whatever i was like let's just try it out for a week and see what happens and if you feel like you're not getting as much done we'll go back to the old way and what shifted was i felt like i was getting more done I don't know if I do get more done, but I feel like I do. Uh-huh. Do you know? And so like I feel more fulfilled. And when, and this is where the woo comes in, when we are in flow, when our energy is not like blocked because of all the stress and the overwhelm, good things flow to us. The mm. universe brings us people. The universe brings us opportunities. It brings us things that we could have never dreamed of. Like the Today Show, I I did not even have that on my like, you know, that list of manifest like yeah. it wasn't even on that. But like I was in the flow and it just came to me with ease. Like yeah. I met the most amazing incredible woman, my my friend Vanessa, who then she just was my biggest she's just my biggest fan and then through her we did events together and then I met this other woman who's incredible Maddie who's a member at the wing um and she she's a producer of the today show I had no idea you know what I'm saying so I was in flow and my energy was like people wanted to come talk to me yeah do you know what I'm saying so it's trust it's trusting a new way of doing things 
which is not the way that we have, especially like I, I, I as an immigrant, as a woman, as a self-described former hustler, like mm-hmm. that does, it, it did not make sense to me. Like, oh, we're going to do less. Mm-hmm. How is that going to be more productive? Mm-hmm. So it's just, it's just trying it out. And you literally said it, it's to protect myself, mm-hmm. right? You're in this for the long haul. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So it's just not, you have to look, is this sustainable for me to do? And there will be periods of time that are more stressful than others, right? If you're going to be launching something or if you're, you know, a big event is coming up, it's just going to be a little bit more stressful. But if that is your, if that is what it's like 85% of the time, it's just not sustainable. Yeah, you're right. You're absolutely right. Yeah. I think, I think for the most part, I think people just associate like when you take it slower, you're missing out on things as opposed to like when you take it slower, you can observe and you can be fully present which then allows you to meet the people or yes. seek the opportunities that are fully aligned with yourself yeah. as opposed to just like being scattered, you know? Yeah. Yeah. That's not an intentional way of approaching anything. Exactly. It's just like, you're just like running around and yes. you don't even know where you're going. Yes, exactly. Exactly. Hmm. So, you know, with your coaching, you focus on women in particular. And I, although I'm, you know, I don't expect you to go into detail about like your clients or anything, but is there any sp- like particular theme that you think comes up for a lot of women in terms of the things that they're trying to like, you know, fix or or wrestle with, or, um, I guess, are there any things that come up continuously over your, with your clients that they're just like, I need help overcoming this thing? Yeah. So I think the, the thing that I had to heal in myself and I see it in most women is trusting ourselves and trusting ourselves is like really listening to our intuition all the time and I think most women don't do that and that's that's when things go awry Mm. you know and um so many of the women that come to me are living lives that they think they should be living right you know um or they have ticked off all the boxes that they had for themselves they made in high school or college but their life doesn't feel the way that they thought it was going to feel um and so it's really bringing them back to like who are you now like what do you really want right now you know, and what do you need to let go of? What are the shoulds that you have really bought into that you need to let go of? Um, and it's, it's, I think, and it really always comes back to self-trust because yeah. we always know when things are not right. Yeah. Like it's just, we always know, like we always know when we should say no to a job, but we say yes because the paycheck is yeah. the way we thought it was supposed to be. Right. Yeah. We, we know on that first date, the guy is not going to be like, mm-hmm. and we still go on the second, third, fourth, and six mm-hmm. months later. It's like, you know what I'm yeah. saying? Like yeah. we know. So really like just trusting ourselves and being compassionate towards ourselves. Mm-hmm. Those two things will shift your life in so many ways. And compassion is just being patient with yourself during the process Mm -hmm. and showing yourself kindness, you know, and releasing the shame and the guilt of whatever you did or you're going to do whatever, you know Mm -hmm. what I'm saying? So those things are really, really, I feel like keep coming up all the time. Do you think that women seek you out because they need permission to do those things? Like, and I, I say that, I say that loosely, but it's like, that's the only word that I think I could come up with because I think oftentimes we, and I think a lot of, I mean, everybody deals with this, but like women in particular, I think that society kind of plants these seeds of like, you, you can't do that unless somebody gives you the green light, you know, and right. we let go of tapping into our intuition and giving ourselves that green light to yeah. go and do whatever that thing is. Do you think that a lot of your clients just need somebody to be like, yes, yeah. go do that thing. Yeah. Everybody will think it's crazy, but like you knew you wanted to do that. Yeah. And I'm here to tell you that it's okay. Yeah. I always say that with my clients, um, what we're uncovering is what you already know, mm-hmm. right? And we're just getting through the bullshit and the shit and the the limiting beliefs, the truths, quote unquote, that you have made up for yourself, yeah. right? And like you, I'm like, you already know what it is you want to do mm-hmm. or where you want to be or which, whatever. And we're just uncovering that. So yes, it's exactly that. It's like they don't know that they're seeking the permission, yeah. right? But um and I, and I think that, I mean, I think people who come to me, re- my work resonates with them because that's literally how I live my life. Mm-hmm. It really is. And, I, and I'm so thankful that it comes across in a genuine way with the, with the people I work with because they see me living my life the way I want to. Mm-hmm. Right? And of course, I have slip ups and like, sometimes I'm like, what the hell are you doing? You know, <laughs> but like, but they see that it actually works. Like people almost want proof 
Do you know what I'm saying? Like people want proof that it's a possibility. And when they see that, like, that's why I love like Tracy Ellis Ross. Yeah. Right. I'm like, go follow her Instagram and your life will change. Living her best life. Living her best life and and not having any of those societal norms. Mm -hmm. Right. Just doing her own thing. Yeah. She's 45. Yeah. So it's like people want proof that they can actually just do the thing they want to do. They want permission to, to do that. Yeah it's just like it's crazy it's like obvious it's like your work is so important and it's it's also like wow like you're one person and there's so much (laughs) there's so many people who need to learn these things there's i mean there are i mean there's there's lots of other people and women who do the work that i do um and i'm very thankful that i found this because i really do feel like um I'm able to explain these really overwhelming topics in an easy, accessible way. Yeah. I think one of the things especially that really drew me to coaching um, and what I really wanted to do with my coaching was make it accessible to all women. Yeah. Um, and I know that, and now I'm veering into another category of topic, but yeah. it's, it's kind of related, yeah. which was like in this world of wellness and self-care and coaching, um, you don't see a lot of women of color. You're seeing a lot more women of color now. But um, you just like I remember when I was starting out, like I was like, these messages resonate with me, but I don't feel like I belong in these spaces. I'm so happy you brought this up. Right. Like and the imagery and the slogans and the catchphrases. It's like if I see another girl at Coachella living her best life and telling me that I should live my best life, like I'm just going to you know what I'm saying? Yes. Um, And so for me, that was a big part of this, too, was like um, making this like your wellness is a priority, your joy, joy for me is a big thing, is a priority. Yeah. Um, and we don't learn, especially as women of color, how to make those things a priority because we've just never mm-hmm. seen it kind of modeled for us. Yeah. So um, it's it's kind of like relearning things that our ancestors did yes. that are like maybe grandmothers, great-grandmothers. Like it's just relearning all that. And we come from intuitive cultures, right? We come from, so it's, it, we come from communities, right? And now we come like, it's just relearning who we are. Yeah. And so that's a big part of what I do too, is like making this accessible to everyone. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yes. And (laughs) yes, yes. (laughs) Oh my God. It is something that, um, I'm so glad you brought up because I think a lot of times women of color, if you look at it just like across the spectrum, like even like in yoga classes mm-hmm. or in, I don't know, like meditation classes. Yes. Like I've gone to meditation classes and I'm like, I, again, I am the only person of color here. Yeah. And it's like, fine, whatever. I'm not showing up for for other people. I'm showing up for myself. Yes. So whatever, I'll, you know, I'll be here. But there is a certain sense of relief that comes yes. over you when you walk into a room and you're just like, yeah, y'all get it yes I yes I could just be me yes you know and providing that option and just providing that option by just being you and being Mm -hmm. aligned with your work um obviously attracts the people who didn't know that they that they that somebody was out there Mm -hmm. like that could provide the service for them that could help them become more aligned with who they are unapologetically yes you know and like without a mask that's exactly it that's exactly like that is exactly it yes because yeah. it's like we have to walk around with a mask so often yes. and it's like something that it's it's not you can't it's so hard to explain to people who don't have to live it yes if you live it you just get it and yes. that's where the relief comes in because yes. it's like i don't have to tell you you know what i feel yes. and we could just be here in our skin in our bodies and our experiences and we could just you know be supportive of each other um so you know for those of you who are listening right now like especially do you do like um online coaching yeah yeah, okay if you live in new york or if you're somewhere else in the world (laughs) i don't care where you are if any of this is resonating with you and you've been looking for somebody who could help you become fully aligned with who you are who could help you be that person for yourself this is who you need to talk to seriously this is who you need to talk to because it's like okay we met for the first time today and i already feel like Yes, like her energy is just like <laughs> so good. Her energy is so good. So I can only imagine this energy tapped into helping you, oh, assisting you. you and like helping you uncover things and how much better you'll feel. I feel better. And I'm just talking to you about just like 
general things for the podcast. I can't imagine if we start talking about like things that are really happening, you know? So it's amazing. And, you know, I'm just curious to know what is, I'm sure there's many things you want your clients to leave with after you work with them. But if there was like one, you know, major takeaway from working with you, what, what is it that you would want women to leave with? I mean, I think it's, I can handle whatever life throws at me mm-hmm. with grace, with compassion and kindness. Mm-hmm. On a, that is it. And that, that for me is one of the greatest things a client can say to me. Like I just had a, a client of mine. Um, so I do, I do a lot of online coaching and I have group coaching um, online. And one of the women in the group was like, listen, my life is a bigger mess than it was when we first started. But... I've never felt more on top of things, mm. more joyful and more kind to myself. Than wow. Ever, right? That was the greatest comment of all time. Yeah. Like it's, it's, you know, this work isn't about, you know, and it's like, it's not about like getting your dream life, your dream man, your dream. It's like you realizing you're living your dream yeah. right now. You yeah. know what I'm saying? Yeah. And it's also, you know, I think the gift about what you're doing is that you're equipping people with the tools to live life without you mm-hmm, it's like you can't mm-hmm. be there for yeah. every so you're living your own life yes and and you know like you're trying to help people but like you can't handhold everybody through everything yeah. so the biggest gift you can give anybody is equipping them with the tools to navigate when these things come up because we never yeah. know what's gonna happen yes and i think the major thing here is just giving people a gift of being like you know how to get through it yes yeah no, even that's... when you can't call me or text me you know what you know what i was gonna tell you that is exactly it. That is exactly. I had one teacher who said that to me, a singing teacher who's like, because within that world and it's within the within the world of a lot of gurus and teachers, it's like some people want you to be kind of attached to them and dependent yeah. on them. And the teacher was like, the greatest thing I can do for you is is give you the skills and you can go and know what you're doing. Yeah. I'm being like, wow, like this guy doesn't want money from me. Like he uh-huh. just really wants me to like be the best version of who I am and know how to tap into that every time. Yeah. Like, yes, yes, please. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And that means that like he was in it for the right reasons. Yes, exactly. Yeah, exactly. exactly. It's like not, it's not so ego driven Mm -mm. because it's about you. It's a, I mean, in that case it was about the student. Yes. And like sharing the knowledge and being like, run with this. Like I, I can't, I'm not keeping all of this just for me. I want to share it with you and just run. Yes. And that's what you're doing too. Thank you. Which is beautiful. Thank you. So beautiful. <laughs> um, I want to jump into some, into some rapid fire questions, okay. if you wouldn't mind. Oh my gosh, yes, yes. Okay, cool. So, I think I know the answer to this, but what is your favorite time of the day, morning, noon, or night? I love the morning. I knew you were going to say that. <laughs> of course. <laughs> of course. The morning is just like such oh my a... God, I'm such a... Like I, like, I really do love seeing a sunrise, and I love the possibility of a morning. Like, anything is possible. Yes. Right? I a love new beginning. Yeah. What is your favorite snack? Oh my god, what is my favorite? Okay, this is I love cucumbers. Ooh. This is super Middle Eastern, like it's very Iranian, uh-huh. but like y'all, I live by a grocery store and I'm almost in there every day. Like I can eat an entire like I can have two of those big ass like hot house cucumbers uh-huh. in a day. With what? Salt. Uh-huh. It's crazy. It's like that's very Iranian. Like I'll just put some salt on it, and I'm just like, ch- my boyfriend is just like, you are a rabbit. Like and what lemon. No, no, just like just I know, salt. just salt. It's very, it's very Middle East. It's like very so Iranian. Good. Yes. Yes. Well, I mean, cucumbers. that's a great snack to have. I mean, so listen, healthy. there's other snacks. I mean, like I love me some like, oh god, I'm not even getting into it. But let's just say, <laughs> let's just say cucumbers. cucumbers. Yes, yes. If you want a million dollars, what would be the first thing that you'd buy? Oh my god okay it would this is gonna i would buy um the first thought that came to my mind is my mom has always wanted to go on a safari oh. so and my boyfriend and i have this idea of like taking our moms on a safari and like it would be so nice if we could take our moms on a safari first class like yes. that would be amazing wow yeah that would be amazing that that's a great one that's a great that's that's because yeah. it would be an experience not a it thing. would yes i'm very into experiences that's very beautiful. very into experiences yes very nice what's your favorite opera oh my gosh i i love carmen and that was the opera that i sang at the met wow yeah that's yeah. nice yeah. that you were able to do that yes wow that's great <laughs> I'm in awe of you. Um, <laughs> what is one thing? It can be a product, a gadget, or whatever that you cannot live without. Oh God, it's gonna be 
It's my iPhone. Yeah. It's terrible. It's like the first time I came to, but it really like, it's, it's the source of like being connected to people. Like my family's all over the world. Yeah. So like I can connect with them. Also my business, just, you know, like Instagram, it's yeah. crazy how Instagram is such a double-edged sword. It's like, yeah, I don't want to be on you, but also this is how I engage with people and it's beautiful. So let's jump into that just really quick. Yeah. How are you balancing that? like engaging with people or in or social media or yeah the whole the whole thing it's tough um i really i feel like i need to put a limit on it i have a wonderful boyfriend who he never is on his phone mm-hmm. and he actually we have a code word when i'm on my phone when i'm around him mm-hmm. where when he says it i'm like oh i have to put, i put it down so i'm being very conscious of that but it is mm-hmm. hard because it's like I really do find I get most of my clients and stuff from Instagram. Yeah. Which is like some people are like, oh, I'm like, no, no, no. That's how I get my clients. Yeah. And so the more engaged I am, but I'm also knowing that self-preservation, I can't be on this thing forever. Because yeah. you go down those rabbit holes of like, yeah. you know, like Dash Universe. I don't know why I keep going on this. It keeps. Block. Just block, block it. Like, block why it. am I watching the Kardashians? Okay. And the worst part is you just watch one, your explore page will be full. I literally, I don't know what the hell. I have them all blocked. I have them all blocked. But I watched like a video of like one of their babies because I was like, Uh, oh my God, the baby. That's it. Now a whole flood of new like pages popped up. I was like, ah, just have to keep blocking them. (laughs) I'm like, don't, don't get drawn in by the baby toes. Just block the fucking page. I love it. I love it. Um, I love it. Okay. But yeah, I mean, I feel the same way. I really, I have, I haven't really found a balance. I've. Yeah. We're figuring it out. We're figuring it yeah. out. It's uh, hard. It's, hard, it's a brave new world. Yeah. It's a brave <laughs> What is your favorite self-care routine? Ooh, my favorite self-care routine. Um, it's, oh my gosh, can, I don't know if this is, it's being with my boyfriend. Yeah, that's beautiful. Like we, when we're together, it's so intentional. We're that couple that makes you like inspired about love, but also sick. You're like, ugh, get away from me. <laughs> I feel like it's you and your partner too. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like we really love each other. So being with him just like grounds me all the time. So like, that's one of the things, like, especially I think for self-preservation, always make time for the people in your life that really fill you up. You need to do that. Yeah, Yeah. for sure. For sure. That's beautiful. Yes. I'm happy that you have that in your life. It's amazing. That's that's beautiful. Many blessings for that relationship. Uh, thank you so much for this oh talk. Gosh, thank you. This Can I shout something out? Is of that okay? Course. I don't know if you edited it. Yes, of course. Go for it. Uh, on the topic of just creating spaces for women of color and wellness, um, that's something that I really, really, really feel so passionate about. So mm-hmm. one thing I really want to shout out is that um, every other month, so we have one on, I think this will probably be airing after, but um, this Sunday, October 7th, and on December the 2nd, I have something called Brown Girl Brunch, hmm. which is a brunch just for women of color. And it's this incredible event. It's thrown by me and my co-host, Shell Martine, who's the owner of Shell's Loft. She's amazing. We have kind of collaborated together to create this really soul-inspiring, belly-inspiring life inspiring um afternoon where we just get a bunch of women together we have a panel every time we have a panel of um really inspiring women of color who are either entrepreneurs or they're creatives just doing amazing things in the world and it's a great way to we wanted it to feel like not a networking event yes but it is a networking event yes so um so if that sounds like something you'd be into um please follow us on on brown girl brunch and our next one is on december 2nd and it's, it's an incredible event. Like you were talking about that thing of someone came up to me and they're like, coming to this space feels like I can finally breathe. Like, and you don't realize you haven't been breathing. Yes. Do you know what I'm saying? It's like, you can't, you don't realize it until you're in that space with women who look exactly like you, mm-hmm. who have similar experiences, yeah. who kind of, you can leave the code switching at the door. You yes. can take the mask off. Yes. And just this woman was like, oh, I, I've just, I didn't realize it, but I, I can breathe here. So anyway, so I'll be there. I'm going (laughs) y'all let's go. Let's go. How, what's like the max amount of people who can go? Well, we've, we've expanded to four. Now we're 40 people. Okay. Now it's 40, 40. Let's go. We can, let's line this up. (laughs) 40 people. We only need 39. I'm already one. Yes. You're already one. But, um, but yeah, so we have some, the panelists this time are, um, uh, Trinity Mazoon, who's the owner of gold, um, which is this turmeric blend, which is amazing. 
um, Alyssa Hankel, who is the owner of Heel House. <gasps> wow, yes. I love yeah, House. Yeah, and Liana Naima, who is a beautiful Reiki practitioner. I love her. And then, um, when is this going to air? Do you know, love? On Tuesday. On Tuesday? Okay, so it's going to be passed. So that's that's the Sunday. But our next one, which I can announce now, on December 2nd, is going to be, I'm so excited, but it's the New York Times bestselling author, Morgan Jerkins. So she's going to be there. So we're going to be talking to her about, like, just her process of writing, being a woman of color, and yeah. So oh, amazing. Very, very excited. Yeah, I'm yes. there. I'm there. I'm going. <laughs> I'm so excited. <laughs> um, this is amazing. I'm Thank so glad you. that I met you. Too. This is beautiful. And I hope that everybody listening goes and follows you and like works with you and just does all the things with you. Thank you. Because you deserve so it all. Thank you. Oh my God. So do you, love. So do you. Thank you. I hope you all enjoyed that episode. I honestly did. It was such a good time and we just gave each other the biggest hug after we were done and we were like, wow, this is amazing. This is so fun. And I really think that Sharon is going to be my life for a very long time. So this is exciting. If you'd love to follow her on social media, which I'm sure you do, you can follow her on Instagram at Wholehearted Coaching. And Sharon actually has an upcoming Wholehearted Woman slash group coaching launching on October 15th. There are a few spots left. So if you want to join, contact her as soon as possible to be included and to get your life infused with some love and wholehearted coaching. (laughs) Well, thank you all for listening. I'm sending you all lots of love, light, and good vibes. Go kill it this week. Go do your very best. Go show the world what you're made of and go chase your dreams.